welcome to Marvelous. And it's a new world order today as we are looking at Falcon and the Winter Soldier, episode one, very conveniently called New World Order. After our very successful run with uh, WandaVision, as I'm sure everybody will agree, we've decided we're going to keep going and we're now going to hang out with Falcon and Bucky. I'm Laura and I'm here with Matty. Hi, welcome. We're back and listen along for an exciting giveaway later in the show. And Abby, do you have anything exciting to share? No, but I am here. Hi. <laughs> that in itself is damn exciting. <laughs> so, episode one of six, I believe. What did we think? Well. Well, this is why you released two episodes to start to show off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, expand. I mean, it laid a bit of groundwork, but I didn't think it was the most exciting groundwork. And that might just be because the big reveal at the end is the blurb for the series. Mm -hmm. So, you know, jumping straight to the end, because I'm getting a critical look over here. I'm sure the series has a thing of Bucky and Sam work together as the government tried to roll out a new Captain America. So to end on, oh, a new Captain America? Surely not. No, this show would never. I've got to say, I wasn't expecting this pitched buddy comedy to not actually have them share a screen right. in in episode one of six which is not very many um yeah. i i wasn't expecting that and that was interesting and i you know maybe preferred it but also as i watched all of the story unfold i thought they could have just had their own shows though couldn't they really maybe yeah i don't know i mean i don't know well, where we're going but they could have i mean six episodes at something like 45 minutes an episode mm. we'd call that two movies oh well, Mm. Or what? Or one Justice League? <sighs> yeah. <laughs> no. 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 Meanwhile, in the DC universe, <laughs> I think people are still watching it. it. I don't I need to talk about still it. Still on. <laughs> uh, Laura, your your thoughts? What did you think? Of it? Um, I thought it was a promising start. Okay. Why am I? I think I'm going to be the Pollyanna on all of these bloody things. <laughs> um, I think it was a promising start. I very much did look at it as this is the prologue, this is a setup. Okay. Yeah, particularly as they've said that they want to try and get in new fans who might not necessarily know these characters as well. Mm. Um, so I thought uh, one amazing action scene, which I was really impressed with. Okay. Uh, and so I thought it was a, you know, a nice combination of uh, action, character development, setting out who these guys are for the people who don't uh, know them before. Mm-hmm. Uh, what their capabilities are, but also I thought there were some nice little bits in there for people who are obsessed with the MCU okay. um, to pick up on. So, yeah, I I wasn't blown away by it, but I don't think I normally am in a, a first episode. Mm. is is pretty difficult to do that. Uh, and I was just really bloody pleased it was 45 minutes and went <laughs> not down to 23 minutes again. Uh, so, yeah, I am hopeful for the future. future. Um I think it's going to be fun. Okay. They're clearly throwing money at it. Mm. Yeah, do you want to touch on that action sequence? Do you mean the opening? Yeah, yeah the flying uh, scene. Mm. Okay. Um, I really, Yeah, I just really liked... Well, there were two things. I thought the action was fantastic as far as you know, the um, gliding... Like flying squirrel suits or something. Mm. Mm. Um, and in and out of the helicopters and through the canyon and you got to see what Sam can do what Red Wing can do etc um, 
flip side of that though is I didn't really understand what was so important about Captain Versant and therefore I didn't feel the stakes. Okay. So I thought the, the, the action was fantastic, but I just think if they're set up a bit more, I know obviously they wanted to get this guy back, but mm. we have seen soldiers who are casualties before. Mm. It just wasn't, I watched it a couple of times and I didn't understand why, you know, what is so awful that's going to happen if this guy isn't retrieved. So with that, the only stakes were really, you know, Sam might get hurt. Isn't the point that they don't want evidence of American interference in something? Okay, maybe. I, I thought because yeah. I, I had to, so I had to have a word with myself after this because I, they nearly lost me after, <laughs> after that opening and it it was going on and I was thinking this is everything I don't like in Marvel films and you know American military covertly doing stuff somewhere for something. Mm-hmm. I don't really want to watch that um but you know at the same time that is kind of the backbone of of cap's story i think you know and remember this is the series where we tell me if i'm wrong about marvel but i guess that if we're doing a new captain america the point of captain america is that he is created by the military Mm. right (laughs) and and that's that's in there so if you're doing some kind of mirroring something something and mm. I guess that this is again one of those times when it's nice to have a podcast, so you can think about why someone would do something rather than just, yeah, this is some you know Marvel earning their I don't know propaganda wages, which maybe <laughs> you know it happens. The army pay for good footage mm-hmm. in in Hollywood. It's a thing, um, mm-hmm. you know. But maybe it's part of the story. Maybe there's a reason for that. But I thought, oh no, it's going to be a different show, and I don't want to watch that. Okay. It it may come up again, but. And yeah, I got I got the reason that Sam was there, and so the military couldn't go in to rescue this guy. But what was going, you know, what earth shattering was going to happen if they didn't get this guy back? That's what I wasn't clear on. Yeah, the the setup seemed to be it was about the hijacking of the plane was the thing, rather than that guy. But but you're absolutely right; they didn't tell us who it was. To, he could have been called Captain McGuffin. Yeah. It, you know, and and it almost would have felt better if it's like they've stolen plans to. Yeah, it just needed that little extra bit of Something, he, he's got yeah. he's got some intelligence that and we need him back or mm. I don't know. Um, but what I also like with that is we got Batrock back. So this is what I was saying where there's um, there's the there's the setting up for people who aren't so familiar and then the people who have seen everything. Mm. Batrock is from Winter Soldier, the French okay. guy. Mm. So the French, um, the main guy that he was fighting with um, in this, is the guy that. Steve fought on the boat on the ship at the beginning of Winter Soldier, and he was powered, wasn't he? Mm, n- no, just a really oh. good fighter. Okay, right. Yeah, so he's the one where they're fighting, and um, he says to Steve, "I thought you were more than just a, a shield and something, something." And okay. so he puts the shield down, and then they go hand to hand. Okay, oh, that's interesting. So they have previous. I mean, is that? Do you think it's just kind of getting your stable of people on the books back in or or is it is it just a fun catch or yeah it could be a funny trick. i mean he did jump out of the final helicopter as it blew up so we might hmm. see him back but the thing is there's a lot of elements in the show and hmm. like it's interesting because you know there's quite a lot to say about just that sequence which did feel like it was going on for about four years but thinking of the rest of the show there was there was a lot of other stuff and I loved absolutely 
everything that Sam was in, except the opening sequence. Well, no, because the opening opening sequence is the ironing, which I thought was nice. Mm-hmm. I'm always here for a, you know an ironing scene in anything, <laughs> anyone. It's it's fascinating watching people ironing, especially when they're acting. You know, it's like when someone does writing when they're acting. You're like, do you really iron your own clothes? Do you do <laughs> ironing, or do you just shake it out and put it on the chair? Like. <laughs> You know, I, I always find it entertaining. Anyway, um, <laughs> but I would quite like to talk about kind of Sam and his sister and mm-hmm. her kids and that, which was my favourite bit, because what I love about how Marvel has decided to handle this kind of phase four swarm of content, because this counts, right, this phase four, maybe, does it? I, don't I know. believe so. Let's go with the year. Let's say yeah. Um, <laughs> is, is that it really handles consequences. Um, and just my favourite bit was when it wasn't just that he'd been away in the blip, Sam had been away from his family in the blip, it's that he'd been away fighting stuff and doing mm. things for a long period of time and it was about what happens when you go off to be a superhero mm-hmm. and it is like you go away to war and then you disappeared for five years so we're dealing with the consequences of, of five years, I mean the financial implications are just... Oh, I really enjoyed the discourse about that. You know, I didn't really read much, but I did read Twitter talking about who gets paid to be an Avenger mm-hmm. and, um, you know, the kind banking contingent of this world who wrote about what you would do about loans, actually, if half the population disappeared and came back and, you know, how it would disproportionately affect people. And I just found that really interesting. I like that it was his sister. I like that it was his family. I like that we're talking about inheritance and legacy on two fronts. Mm. I thought that was that was very interesting because it is obviously meaningful to him in mm. a similar kind of way. And I really enjoyed that kind of quiet, firm parallel. Everything about it. Really wanted much more of that show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I think we are going to see more of that, you know, because I think they're setting up. I, I assume they're going to see more of Sarah. Um, yeah, I really like the... You really bought the, the sibling dynamic between them. Mm. As an only child, I am just captivated by all sibling <laughs> dynamics. I... And I love the way that they are continuing with the impact of the blip. Mm. Yeah, it's not just, oh, well, you know, we dealt with that. We are actually now starting to see through WandaVision and then through this, the the practicalities of dealing with it. And... Because for Sam as well, it's not just that he was gone for the five years. Before that, he was on the run with Steve, wasn't mm-hmm. he? Mm-hmm. So she won't have seen him for quite some time. You could see from her point of view as well, you know, she struggled for the five years plus and has had to come mm-hmm. to terms with this idea that she's going to have to sell the boat, which clearly she doesn't want to. So she's just about, and she says at one stage, I think, you know, she's just about managed to come to peace herself with it. For him to then come in and be well, you can't possibly do that. How can you even think of that? You did kind of think, oh, God, I do wonder, is it, I'm not sure if we know if he's a younger brother or not, but he feels like a younger brother. Well, I, that's part of the thing, of course. She's grown up by five years mm. where he's been gone. So she is a different person, having been yeah. through all these and dealt with things than, than he is used to as his sister. So he might now be the younger brother where he wasn't mm. before. Yeah. Mm. God, that's interesting. I hope that's the case. Mm. And and then also, you know, he's had no time to deal with all these things that, you know, are clearly so important. And, and I like mm. that you can see him trying. I like that you can see him having 
trying to find the reaction that you're supposed to have for this thing that doesn't really have a precedent. Um, mm. You know, he's he wants to kind of keep fighting because he's gone through a lot of let's keep mm. fighting, and that doesn't work in this scenario at this level when someone's been grinding to live their life for years mm. in a different world, and and just keep fighting is is not a solution for him. And I think. I just thought everything that they chose in in those conversations was so interesting. I think that they chose lots of things that were so resonant and kind of meaningful, but it is very grounded as well in the post-blip world. Um, Mm. Yeah, they they know what they're doing in that. So it kind of gives me quite a lot of hope, I think, for that. But then again, how, how much can you do with that? And I suppose the other half of this is the sort of broader politics the i guess the european politics uh that play out in in one of the other of the many many threads uh where we see kind of how people are reacting globally and i i thought i wonder how many things you crossed out before you got to yeah people want to live in a world without borders that's what Mm. what they're protesting in, in switzerland for i thought it was really interesting um curious to see where that goes yeah i think um just before we go on to that, because I think that is quite a big thing. I mean, something I just want to kind of raise is that we are three white people. Yes. <laughs> and mm-hmm. this is obviously going to have, or already has had with the conversation at the bank, potentially around um, the treatment of Sam when it comes to the new Captain America and the fact he has to find out on the news, whatever around that. You know, the, there is obviously a race element here as well. And we are not exactly the best people to be commenting on that but so what i was thinking is um i will uh link to some good articles that's talking about this Mm -hmm. and people who have the lived experience if that's okay with you guys i think that would be great yeah there's been some really interesting comments along those lines i mean the Mm. fact that the the cameo so far has been uh roads yeah the actor whose name i can never ever ever remember don Cheadle. thank you very much um and whilst yes, they don't go overt with it, as I'm I'm not a hundred percent Marvel ever actually will. Mm. But there is a thing about the way they bond and the way they talk about it that implies some of these. And and yeah, there was a whole thing of uh, there was a really interesting thread about whilst yes, Sam does have some money coming in, he doesn't want to sink it all into this because he knows this couldn't necessarily this could be a, a bad way to go. So he wants to do other things and. It's they're they're using that as an opportunity to show that the bank isn't prepared to help them and other things going on. Mm. So they're they're doing it in slightly subtle ways. My concern is that this will be a thread that doesn't deliver, that either gets wrapped up very easily or that sets up some of it and then he moves on and goes on an adventure with Bucky and gets a lot of money somehow. I Um, don't know, having seen what they've done with, with WandaVision, I would hope... I would hope that they'll stick with some of these more complicated issues. Whether they do on the money, I don't know. But I, I will be, I think I'll be disappointed if the race issue is not brought up when it comes to whether the government want him to be, mm. or certain people within the government want him to be Captain America or not. Yeah. Now, at the moment, absolutely. he said he doesn't want to. Mm-hmm. I assume that's going to change at some point. Well, I mean, he said he doesn't want to. He was told he did the right thing bringing the shield mm-hmm. and i think that's one of the things when you when you're getting to the, to the end and looking at the thread of him and Rhodes talking to each other and, and you know he's there with sam watching the presentation and everything and 
all that Sam has is I'm doing the right thing and I'm doing yeah. what we should be mm. doing. And there's there's no kind of wider suggestion from anyone. But at the end, when you've kind of gone through all of the sort of the points that are lightly made, I guess you could say, throughout, he's still not he he just seems thoroughly appalled but not surprised. Mm. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, How can I be so I, stupid to have thought it would be everything different? Yeah. I yeah. Think is oh, it was right for me to give it back. Oh, yeah. I see. Mm. And and I, I'm really interested to see um, how how that kind of. Mm plays out and I mean do we do we know because again as I say I have read some things mostly I have read the, the financial takes on this episode many of which have been great and extremely interesting and yes do link to many of those things but who, do we know who the guy is at the end if we're mentioning that bit is he a callback or is this just the kind of yeah look they've put yeah there is a character there is a character from the comics who is called Agent uh, somebody. Okay. Okay. And I can't Agent remember his somebody. name now. And he also has a human name, and I can't remember that either. But yeah, so this is a character, and he's sort of a um, right-wing version of Captain America. Oh, great. Okay. Mm. Oh, that's mm. just what we need. <laughs> um, but you know, how interesting, if that is, is what they're going to handle with this. And again, I kind of wish this was Sam's show. Hmm. Well, the thing is, it might end up being, you know, one division was ended up being Wonder Show, really, mm. didn't it? Yeah, but then you have more visions at the end. <laughs> just, <laughs> j- just to close out the thing on dealing with Sam's story, mm. for for me, it is kind of one division that makes me worried they're not going to resolve it in a satisfactory okay. way, because it, it's like the sitcom thing. I was really disappointed that that last episode of One Division did not have a sitcom structure concept going through it just just deliver us something modern in the background just show us that this is still sort of running while she's dealing with all this other stuff mm. sam's setup is dealing with the family money issues it's all serious and difficult rather than flying around his wings having fun in inverted commas and i worry that it's just going to be he's called off to action he goes off and he gets lots of money and comes back and saves the day it might be so, it might so we'll be. see you know I did find yeah. myself wondering if anyone who'd worked on Supernatural worked on this show because there is a the the kind of flying over the car and the sequence where they go into the town and the thing that set up. I have watched six thousand episodes of Supernatural <laughs> and it is in every single one at least twice. Right. And saving people, hunting things, and all of this. I just I felt that, and even the theme tune, the mm. the kind of aesthetic was slightly more supernatural. And I guess when you think of you know two brothers on the road doing. I don't know. I just thought, are you trying to pick up an audience that <laughs> might be feeling like they need something new? I just was really struck by that. And Matthew mentioning the kind of the sitcom element made me mm. wonder about it. But also talking about shows delivering on their promise um, made me think of it as well. And and I think also that maybe this first episode was careful not to overpromise. Because I think maybe one division almost promised too much for some people and yeah, nothing for others, and and then no one was quite <laughs> happy overall. So I, f- I did feel like this was constantly striking sort of midpoints, but uneasy ones sometimes, mm. brilliant ones at others. But like like mm. you say, you you want them to follow through, and the the bits that were good were just 
such a joy and I was so relieved to have some characters that I wanted to spend time with and wanted to listen to <laughs> and felt had something to say that I should hear and, and watch. Yeah. Hmm. So those were the good bits. We started talking about the Flag Smashers mm-hmm. and yeah. their desire for the borderless world, which my understanding is they were saying that that's kind of what had happened during the blip. Is that right? It, it's it's they wanted people to go back to the way it was during the blip, a world without borders. You can see why people would go for that kind of thing, and I just felt that was such a. We're just gonna slip this in, and I thought, I have I missed something? Mm. You know. <laughs> yeah, because I did wonder if there was an essence of it being, Thanos was right. You, you know, whales are coming back into the harbor, well, and yeah, it's, I wondered it's about that. that sort of thing. But like. To to sort of get to World Without Borders, I suppose if you were going to have a a right wing, I mean, if it's a right wing Captain America, a World Without Borders is a left wing utopia. That's what you're lining up, and there's a, but it, I mean, assuming they are being set up as the um as the baddies, hmm. then that's an interesting. Hmm. I mean, you know, we've had uh, Killmonger in Black Panther with a, I wouldn't say reasonable argument, but there was definitely a lot to his argument that yeah. you're Re- kind of like, well, reclaiming I'd, your I'd, possessions. Have, <laughs> I'd have trouble arguing with that one. Mm. Um, Redistributing. The, the, yeah, the slaughtering everybody, I have more of yeah, an issue less. with. <laughs> so maybe that's what we're going to see when we actually get into more detail of what these flag smashers are up for. Mm. Uh, maybe they also also like the idea of half the... Um, population being gone and so that's i don't know but um i think that's interesting the strong one have we seen him before well we don't know who he is the one in the bank raid i don't know who he is um i mean i uh do you guys are you guys do you guys know who the villain is in this i don't mind knowing if if we know who the villain is yeah go ahead my understanding is that zemo's back who's the villain in civil war the clever sokovian yeah Okay, so the guy who posed as the psychiatrist so that he could read the magic words to Bucky and trigger him as the Winter Soldier. He's a because Sokovian. I've seen this film like five his, his times. His wife died in Sokovia. Yeah. And he, no, no Zemos. Zemos. And so he wanted to right. tear the Avengers apart rather than just take revenge on them. He wanted to do it. So he blows up the UN building pretending to be Bucky. So that they would go after Bucky and out him, and so that he could mm. then come in pretending to be the interrogator and turn Bucky into the Winter Soldier. So they have to tear each other apart and eventually reveal the secret that Bucky killed Steve, uh, Tony's parents, so that Steve and Tony right. have to fight and eventually end up being on opposite sides of a thing. And what happens to him at the end? Presumably nothing. Well, at the end, he's he's sat on a cliff and he's going to kill himself, and um, Black Panther stops him. I think I'd and remember he that. Goes, he goes to prison. Okay. There's a cool yeah. bit where he tries to. He's got a gun, and you're like, oh, he's going to try and fight. He tries to shoot himself, and and um, T'Challa. T'Challa. Chadwick was all I could do. <laughs> so I, I remember that actor's <laughs> name. Um, T'Challa manages to get his hand over the but over the gun to stop it oh, from hitting him. Vaguely remember yes. this now, right? Okay, 
Is he interesting enough? Does he have enough motivation? Is he just maybe politically... Well, we don't know what his motivation would be now mm. because his motivation was all all he wanted was to destroy the Avengers mm. because he blamed them for his family's okay. death. I think he's interesting and in I, you know, I thought he was an interesting villain you know, compared to a lot of them. Mm. Um, you know, he's not a Loki or a Killmonger, but I would say he's sort of the next level. I am curious to see where he fits in here. Interesting. I mean, I suppose if you're looking at people whose families have been killed, I guess at some point we have to talk about Bucky. Someone tell me about Matthew. Matthew, what do you think about Bucky? I'm way more into Bucky's story than Sam's story at the moment. Say more. I, I, th- I think partially because it has more going on with it. Um, in terms of him, you know, the story of him trying to put right what wants and wrong. Um, and make amends for what he he did but that he's actually getting close to someone that he should be making amends with and is that the right thing he should be doing should he just be apologizing since this guy knows like you know that's that's interesting and meaty i think um do you say matey or meaty meaty okay. i thought I you said meaty there are <laughs> <laughs> meat on them boats um he has to be matey as well yeah well absolutely yeah. um and and I talked about last week that I really like Sebastian Stan in other things, and I really hope he gets a chance to do good stuff here. And he really does. <laughs> like, he yeah, absolutely I mean, wins me over. There's a lot more, isn't there? Yeah. A lot like, more going on here. Again, a bit like you know him and I, Tonya, and a few other things, without him saying things. The bit when she says, how old are you? And he says 106, and they have a laugh. His face of like, oh, God, mm-hmm. I've got to keep answering these questions. Oh, God, it's so, oh God, it's so hard. Oh, no. <laughs> Brilliant. I'm here yeah. for it. And they've cut off his stringy hair, so that's always good. Yes, he does. He does look much better. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never been particularly interested, to be honest, previously, but definitely an improved version, I would say. Here, yeah. I really liked his interactions with his therapist. I thought that you know mm-hmm. that was good. Agreed. Uh, I thought there's some really nice callbacks. The the notebook, like Steve's notebook, mm. they're old men, so they don't. They don't put notes in their in their phone. Yeah. Um, also, interestingly, on that list is Zemo. Oh, interesting. H Zemo. So... I saw Holbein and went off in a whole Tudor thing. Oh, but... it's not that old, Matty. <laughs> well, exactly. I was like, that's an interesting name. Okay, I wonder where that's going. Because that's Sir, paint, me, paint me a portrait. That's going to win my wife over. If there's a Holbein time travel storyline, parallel universe, the Holbein multiverse expands, then I think my wife will be on this podcast next week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but there was there was that, and then there was also Bucky sleeping on the floor. Yes, that was which, interesting. Uh, oh, I call back mm. to when he wakes up from the nightmare, he's sleeping on the floor. Okay. And he's still got his dog tags on. Uh, but the sleeping on the floor is a callback um, for me to Steve and Sam in Winter Soldier talking about one of the difficulties when they're coming back from war or from being in the services mm-hmm. is that the beds are too soft. So you sleep on the okay. floor. I was wondering if it was a comment on the football, but I think you're probably closer. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, so the thing with the therapist... Because again, this is this is one of those things that it's just sort of my my understanding of, of therapy is often limited by American television, and it, I watched it a couple of times, and I still didn't really understand. The first time I watched it, I thought that it was a a dream sequence, um, with 
him and the woman and I, I didn't mm. think it was real and I thought he was supposed to imagine kind of a dialogue where he was going through and doing these things but then it seemed like he was actually doing them and that didn't seem like a brilliant idea I, I don't know I, I didn't well because he's lying to the therapist isn't he I, I don't know I don't know what's happening <laughs> I, I didn't really understand that section I, I don't know what what actually happened I don't know what he was supposed okay. to do and I'm not sure what the upshot was meant to be so if anyone would like to enlighten me yeah I had the first time I was a bit confused as to what exactly he was looking to achieve with the the mobile car um okay. oh, sorry all cars are mobile <laughs> <laughs> remote. Hey, what's the word about remote car? Thank you. <laughs> Which, like Pierce Brosnan did in '96, I'm sure. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So Bucky doesn't keep notes in his phone, but he can use that pad in order to have the remote control car. Anyway, um, <laughs> well, so one of my friends. My sorry, on the phone thing. One of my friends did wonder if his hand perhaps did not have sufficient tactile. Oh, things for yeah, phone, hence having to use the flip phone, and I thought that was an interesting point. Can't be that easy. Actually, yeah, because you like you can't use a phone through with gloves unless it's got a special thing in the fingertips. So not a conductive one. Yeah. You get the old sort yeah. of that you can use a stylus, stylus with. Thing, He'd be able yeah. to do that. Imagine if he had like a little, little stylus on one of his fingers. <laughs> like the, the really old LG phone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> but I, I just thought it was, a, it was a nice accessibility detail of, you know, about like a modification mm-hmm. that he's made mm-hmm. in his life. It also suits the age of his character. It also suits, mm. you know, things about who he is. And indeed, the fact that he may not take phone notes, I thought, lined up. Yeah, though the, that remote control car thing, mm. that was a touchscreen. Anyway, so the therapist, um, he's saying to her that, oh, he's crossed someone off his penitence list. Uh, and they're talking through, did he follow all the rules? And then what we're seeing is that, no, he did not follow the, like a lot of the rules. So he's lying to her as far as, you know, because he basically, and I had to watch it a couple of times, um, The this is some senator which he helped put in place, and she's a Hydra pawn. Mm-hmm. And... He was saying to the therapist that all he did was give some information to somebody so that she then got convicted. But instead, we see him scaring the crap out of her in this car. Which, yeah, I found it a little confusing. That bit, the therapist bit, I didn't so much. I, I, I thought that was just the standard sort of MCU snarky thing, which we've gotten very much from the Captain America sort of films. Mm. Of, yes, the guy got hurt, but he didn't hurt the woman he was making men's too and the guy did pull a gun on him so you know what is he gonna do um and although yes he has made amends by apologizing he's also done right not just making amends he's done the right thing by bringing her to justice in the same way with rory he should tell him what happened to his son but he is also giving him an outlet and someone to spend time with which might be a better way is it yuri yuri i think it's his son rory Maybe. Maybe. I mean, you know, me and names, so... Uh. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but you know, actually spending time with this person might be better than telling him what happened at this point. Yeah, I was thinking about this as far as penitence. Because when he breaks up the argument between Yuri and his neighbour, mm-hmm. uh, he says, oh, well, let's go for lunch, and Yuri doesn't want to know. He says, well, how about if I buy? You think so? This guy's been buying you lunch, and you killed his son. <laughs> well, they might have been paying and for you know, their own lunch. 
And he's off and, into a forum. And Yuri does pay in the end because that's where he goes yeah, back to him to give him the money back, back later. Because <laughs> to start with, I thought um, he was sort of one of the 101st, is it? Whatever their infantry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, troop was. Um, I thought it was like one of his old friends. Mm. Uh, though he'd have to be very old. But then when you realise who he is... Oh, have yeah. we seen his son? Have I missed something? Yuri's, uh, Yuri's son, yeah, yeah. We see um, the Winter Soldier killed him. But, like, is that in the film? Yeah. No, it's in no, this show. In this. Yeah. You know, he, you know his yeah. nightmare? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, we, we do <laughs> no, not no, see no. him in a film. Yeah, yeah. but that's, so that's just in the show. It's not a pre-existing... No, it's just contained. Cool. No, no I think that's, you know, that's the scene to show to show yeah. people who the Winter Soldier was if they don't know, I suppose. Cause, cause um, and also to I trick thought. us to think that perhaps he's gone bad. And then, oh no, it was a dream. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I thought that scene when he goes to see him, that was quite... I thought mm. that was well done. Mm. Mm. Good quiet work, really. That, yeah. <sighs> and I think I think the thing that I would have liked most would be if I could trust that actually Bucky doesn't want anything and all he's doing is trying to find a way to exist without being haunted because um, you know and she says what do you want and he says oh nothing and he says peace and uh, you know all that and and I thought that that was a nice change because you know so much of writing and conversation about writing is about the jeopardy and so on and I just I really love the idea of a character who just wants to stand still quietly and not mm. feel um trauma and I, I would love it if we if we could have that be his story if if that could be enough as it were but um I, you know mm. I, I guess at some point the buddy comedy shows up <laughs> yeah well, I, I was assuming with this one yes they're apart and um the therapist says that Bucky's been not replying to Sam's texts etc mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be this the government taking the shield and announcing the Captain America that is going to bring them together, at least in a conversation I would think. Yeah. I wonder what Bucky's response is, is to this. Yeah. Mm. I can't imagine he'd be happy about it. I don't feel like I know the character well enough to predict, but it could be interesting. I, I mean, is the right wing thing going to come to the fore quite quickly? Mm. Because mm. you could see Bucky going, you know, let's see what happens and then as soon as the guy is sort of disgracing the memory of Captain America he goes, no, we need to get into action. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, because it wasn't stated in Endgame, but my impression was that one, well, I think it was pre- pretty clear that Bucky knew that Cap, Cap wasn't coming back when mm-hmm. he got into the time machine. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, they, they didn't make it clear whether he discussed what he was planning to do with the shield and that he was going to give it to Sam and not to Bucky. Mm. But the impression I got is that he knew that was going to happen because as they both go towards the bench, he then says for Sam to go forward and so yeah. it does this kind of nod to him as if he knows. I assume and I they discussed Steve, it. I would have thought Steve would have discussed it with him as to why it was Sam. I sort of felt like they'd met before, more recently. Like he'd met old Steve. Mm. Mm, maybe. Maybe. I, I've just always taken it as, you know, he knows that's the right thing. Yeah. yeah, and so I, I could see him being annoyed that it, Steve's wishes are not being what's the word granted? Isn't the right word? Is it honored? Do you think honored, thank it you. might be why he's not taking Sam's calls because they argued over this, and he's like, "Well, Steve, 
wanted you to do oh. this and Sam's like it's yeah, not right yeah maybe that's if why you, they've not been talking if you give it to maybe. the government they're gonna make a new one that's a puppet yeah. for them you know well there is a thing yeah. about reappropriating the weapon isn't there that's that's something that uh one division and this have got in common so far mm. yeah that's true recognizing mm. a character and, and a symbol mm. of something mm. um which is That'll an interesting, interesting line <laughs> i love this um that captain america's on the moon hmm. yeah throw in the conspiracy theories yeah because they probably are a lot aren't they yeah i i also enjoyed with bucky when he was on the date yeah it, it really felt like it had the same vibe as that bit in endgame where the guy talks about going out on a date and says the guy cried when we were ordering drinks mm. i cried during dessert like it had some of that like there is this bit of sadness of like the world's really weird and no one knows how to deal with it I really yeah. liked when he brought flowers. That was that was the warmest I've ever felt towards him. I just I, <laughs> and I love that she said that's so old fashioned and they let it sit. I yeah. thought that was appropriate and nice. She was great. I really enjoyed their battleship sequence. Of course the pub had mm-hmm. board games, obviously. You know, do you want to play a game? Here's a literal game, let's play a game. Oh just yeah, right. that was charming and that is, you know, what we all want to watch really isn't it i suppose mm. actually you know i i did say that all my favorite bits were sound but i did really enjoy the battleship sequence <laughs> and um i mean it's a fan fiction trope and there's a good reason i mean bucky has played more games of battleship on ao3 than any other character i'm sure but um <laughs> but i really like that marvel took it back <laughs> nice. <laughs> no i thought that was nice i wonder if we're going to see her again Hopefully. I assumed that we would, but yeah, now suddenly you make a fine point. I hope that we don't just see her at the end. <laughs> but I suppose that's that's part of the thing as well, isn't it? Is when you do have all these characters who don't exist in, in the superhero canon, mm. really all they end up is, is being Jeopardy. You know, they're either Jeopardy mm. or Comfort. And I want more for these interesting side characters with their own lives and... Mm things so yeah yeah i'm hoping they don't make it you know that sarah's kidnapped or something i would hope that they know damseling is not something that we're really oh, up but it'll the be the nephews then won't it but then i suppose you you could have you know for example when they said when um when road said i'll bring him to dc um mm. you know there are so many things that could happen for example she might be on the side of captain america um, because she doesn't want Sam to go and do that. I don't know. I mean, I, I still don't know if we have everything about why Sam decided not to be Captain America. I still feel like there's some conversation missing. No, I, I'm yeah, I'm hoping, and it might be that we seek you know, an argument between him and Bucky if it is what you were saying that mm. Bucky wanted him to honor Steve's wishes, and he, I mean, from what we've seen, it seems to be he doesn't feel that he's up to the task. Well, mm-hmm. it might be that he has his own thing and he doesn't necessarily want the weight of Captain America like he knows that mm-hmm. it would you know cause because it I suppose the other thing is we don't really know what the political climate is like mm. um in a sort of circumspect way we, we've got this kind of fringe group but you know you can have a fringe group for everything um mm. but we don't know what it would be if well now we have a black Captain America maybe he's just like do you know what i I already had a thing going like thanks steve for your shield but have Mm. you seen my wings (laughs) you know yeah i don't want to put myself in the middle of that yeah yeah and my family and yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, Yeah. i think 
I think, I mean, if nothing else, I think that's more conversations we'll get that will be interesting. Yes. Yeah, I hope so. Hmm. So, yeah, more things that will be interesting. I do feel yeah. very positively on that front. Hmm. I'm sure we will find out something. Yeah. Hmm. We've got our baddies. Is it the LAF <laughs> at the beginning? That's Batrox lot, which I don't know anything about an LAF. Well, there seem to be yes. a lot of potential baddies. Yeah, so them, there's the Flag Smashers, Zemo's coming in somewhere. Captain and America. Then when, yeah, Captain America. Um, when Sam and Torres are speaking on the phone after the bank raid, Torres says um, something like, you don't think he could be A, and then Sam cuts him off and says, well, let's not mm. worry about that for the moment, just <laughs> monitor the chatter or something. So I don't know what that is going to be. And the thing is, that guy, I think it was a guy, who beats up Torres did seem to be powered mm-hmm. and Zemo isn't as far as we know Yeah. so probably unless something's happened to Zemo mm. don't know the um that the way they did the bank raid with having the masks in order to distract that reminded me of an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode Okay. where there were people transporting diamonds oh it's one of the opening episodes isn't it yeah, yeah and yeah. they've all got red masks on mm. so that you uh, distract us so you don't know which one's got the, the diamond case mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. they're um, stolen um, I did see a comment that the woman handing out the masks is the thing that's going to be interesting with that group. That she might be the leader, but that she's um, that the actress is, yeah, one of the mm. main in the cast or something. Mm. Interesting. Which is nice. Like if it's a really small thing now, that actually, oh, it turns out this person we kind of ignored is more important. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Completely. And I suppose that's the other thing with the, with the television thing, just as we said with WandaVision and you know treated it as the mystery box it is but if you have an episodic show you want threads to run through it and you want Mm -hmm. a rewatch you know six episodes is not many but they did a lot in 40 odd minutes it's um yeah promising i think we're well set up now for Mm. launching into it Mm. and it turns out there was more to talk about than i thought (laughs) this is true (laughs) so final point from me is do we think we're going to see steve no. I really hope not. I mean, yeah. we saw old Steve, or we heard him. I, I I could see there being something new in a flashback sort of way. Mm-hmm. Like a new scene of him and Bucky or something. But not in terms of him cameoing to continue it. Mm. Do you think it'd be like a deleted sequence from a pre-existing thing? Or... Yeah. Could be. Yeah, because... I really got the impression they were trying to sell us early on that this was a funeral he was going to be going to. You know, in the same way with Peggy's funeral, she was killed off screen or died off screen. Mm -hmm. And so when he was ironing shirt and putting on a suit and all that kind of stuff, it did feel very, to me, it felt very Mm. um, funereal. Mm. Although I really did enjoy all the memes then about the Iron Man Easter egg. (laughs) Because of the Iron Yeah, nice. man, cameo. <laughs> I was just distracted. Like, have they been shopping at some point in a, a music store or something and bought like a really big symbol bag to <laughs> put the shield inside? Yeah, you get that off the rack. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other meme I enjoyed was um, the a number of One Division memes being used to talk about this, oh, which really? I really enjoy. Yeah, in particular, um, Darcy saying. They've recast Captain America. <laughs> I like it. Uh, that's good. So, anything else on this first episode? 
anything else that needs we were going to have our explainer bit abby i think we've kind of done that throughout yeah i I do think it's interesting how much i felt like this was in a language i i didn't speak um and i think handling lots of things you know i mean talking in so much about sort of Civil War and the Winter Soldier, which I just can't get in my head. But then, as we talked about, also dealing with race issues and being a black family in America in a fictional mm-hmm. world, navigating these things in what seemed to be a, at least a, a conversation-provoking way. Um, you know, it, it just lots of things which I've, I've read, I very much felt like a TV viewer. Um, you know, I I did not have much personally to bring to this, but I got a lot more in return than I was expecting. Okay. Cool. Nice. Just remains for me to tell you about a thing you can win. Oh, yeah. Mm. Some exciting stuff. So our wonderful friend, uh, Far Flung Hope 5, has given a 1950s Vision Funko Pop in black and white with a suitcase and a hat and glasses. I love him. Uh, the... Sorry. <laughs> and you can't win it, Abby. Alas. Um, which we want to give away to one wonderful listener if you want to win. So you can tweet at us, at any of us, so at the show, at Eloquent Gushing. Um, I'll give everyone else's Twitter handles in a minute. But tell us what is coming in Falcon and the Winter Soldier that's going to take us by surprise. What things are we going to see, such as you're going to see them in their comics-appropriate things and Sam is going to uh, have an actual Falcon with him at some point. <gasps> That would be great. <laughs> you know, he's going to get a pet sidekick. See, now you've got Abby's hopes up. <laughs> yeah. Come up with something fun, something that we might like. Uh, tweet at us, like I say, and the show is at Eloquent Gushing. I'm at Matthew Vose. I'm at Laura Geeks Out. And I'm at this AE show. Uh, you've got another week to do to do, to send these in. Uh, we will we will pop a tweet up when to stop sending them. We're hoping and, and just tweet at us every thought you have. Yeah, yeah. feel free to just keep entering. Stuff. We're going to find some of our favourites um, and decide <laughs> who who deserves to win. Gorgeous, gorgeous, nineteen fifties black and white Vision Funko Pop. Yeah. Thank you very much, Rachel at Far Flung Hope Five. We love you. We really do. <laughs> <laughs>